0: everyone and welcome back to another unpacked episode with unsung art um, as always i'm here with my lovely partner warren
1: i'm back hello
0: <laughs> and today we've got a very special guest with us warren would you like to introduce them
1: yes we are today going to unpack the concept and the subject matter behind the work of artist Rox- roxy kashmarek roxy welcome
2: hey hi guys thanks for having me hey
1: did i get it right i did right <laughs>
2: Yeah, that was perfect!
1: <laughs> okay,
0: what's <awesome. laughs> up? <laughs> All right, Roxy, um, if you could just give us a little brief rundown as to who you are and where you are and how you started and, and, and got into art.
2: Cool. Um, yeah, so my name's Roxy and I, I live up in Jo'burg. I'm originally from Cape Town. I moved up here about four years ago. Um, And I am a printmaker by trade. I work at the David Crit workshop in Maboneng as a project manager and printmaker. And um, yeah, uh, my work ranges from paintings. Um, When I studied, I did performance pieces as well, but mostly now paintings and prints and painterly prints. Yeah. Um, So I studied at Michaelis at UCT in Cape Town. Um, and I majored in print and, um, yeah, after that, I moved on to working at the, uh, print workshop Warren Editions with Shanae Warren mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and that's probably where my foundation and love of printmaking came about. Um, we, sh- she specializes a lot in, in intaglio printing. So that's etching, um, and dry point, and, um, also monotypes and relief. And after about four years of working there, I moved up to Jo'burg to do my master's at the University of Johannesburg. So I spent um, oh,
1: nice,
2: yeah, a two years doing my master's and um, I, my thesis uh, or my subject that I studied was um, emerging printmakers um, in, in South Africa and or specifically in Johannesburg. And then placing myself within that kind of context of the emerging printmakers and focusing my work within that realm um, and how we are kind of navigating this very traditional, traditional, uh, I've got to try and find my words here. the traditional, <laughs> form of, the traditional form of printmaking in South Africa or the tradition of printmaking in South Africa, and whether the yeah. the current and emerging printers are doing anything new or different. Um, and, and my focus within my own work at that time, which was themed around um, people and the city um, and the kind of um, the inter interweaving of of plants and nature within an urban environment, so so that kind of theme of my work emerged on one in one direction, while also linking it up to my printmaking medium, and I, I started um, making uh, using um, cement as a as a medium to to play with and try and link that urban city and and printmaking So I, cool, yeah. I ended up making quite a few sculptural prints for that body of work as well as paintings that use cement within them um, and yeah you can kind of see from the work that i sent you guys there are a couple of um prints from that from that body of work uh palms in Mabuneng, and maboning and maboning and power um they were just yeah. some silk screens that I did um, of trip observing and while I was traversing the city and the kind of plants and intersectionality between plants and people um, and then the latest one fenced in or, or out um, I've sent you guys one it's a it's a quadriptic <laughs> which I had to learn it's a oh, four- part wow. yeah. piece <laughs> that all fits together okay. so I've just sent you the the top r- left corner of it. Because uh, they exist on their own, yeah. but also exist as a, as a full image. Um, and that, group, that particular yeah, okay. work has hand painting and cement at the back, as well as two layers of silkscreen, just to build up the layers and the colors. Wow. Uh, and it's made on handmade sisal paper by a local paper mill called Pumani Papers, up in Joburg. Okay, and nice. the imagery comes from um, my regular dog walks that I do with my three dogs um down along like a common area uh, just on the outskirts of the suburban kind of border uh, these massive fences and electric fences and barbed wires and um how the plants just kind of grow up and over them and i, I kind of I, i've got quite fascinated by this again this intersection yeah, just awesome. like this coming together of Plants growing, but people keeping things out and keeping themselves in yeah. and you know, I, that kind I of
0: mean, experience.
2: I, I, That's where I that have, I'd hate that.
1: to interrupt you, but but I have so many questions. I mean, <laughs> you've mentioned so many things. What What painterly prints, <laughs> sculptural prints... You did performance arts quadriptics there's so much here that I that I would love to de- <laughs> that I would love to delve into. but I think seeing as you're touching on the theme of of your work and what your thesis was about, you've mentioned quite a bit about it now but what uh, what actually led to you know jumping onto this theme or what what actually led to you going on about how the, the as you say the intersectionality between the concrete the, the urban jungle and the the traditional jungle, if you will.
2: So I think it, it comes down to something um, quite simple, which was when I was studying at Michaelis um, and trying to, you know, become, you know, four-year degree of becoming an artist and having this heavy concept oh, that yeah, you have to yeah, find very and, official, and, yes. and, you know, <laughs> and and it's got to be deep and conceptual. Um, and the whole time, all yeah. I really wanted to do was paint landscapes. <laughs> I just right, wanted to okay. um, <laughs> <I> love that. <laughs> Just paint pretty landscapes and and fascinated by uh, natural things growing. And I think one of them, one of the works that you have here um, called Kloof Corner, which I think if anyone's hiked up Lion's Head will know that view. Uh, It's just as you're coming around and you've got that view, to the left you can see Cape Town, to the right you can see Camps Bay, and you take a corner and you head up to the getting to that steep part Um, and I made that coming out of that plate, Uh, it's an etching plate so it's uh, on a piece of brass that is etched with an aquatint and soft ground and hard ground. Uh, I made it quite, uh, maybe a couple years after being at Michaelis and it was kind of my. I don't want to do anything conceptual. <laughs> I just want to make something beautiful, uh, responding to the artist to the, rebelling. Just what's, yeah, <laughs> and um, you know maybe that's maybe that that's one of the ones that's a little less conceptual in that way. But I think it does does still fit in to these observations of people and nature. Like I wouldn't yeah, be able to have yeah, that definitely. view without this path being forged by thousands of people. Climbing and descending lion's head, you know?
1: Yeah,
0: and yeah. and
2: there's you can just but, see the tiny cable car up there
0: <laughs> But also it's such a quintessential thing about Cape Town, which is so interesting because you've got that the the, the serious city concrete side sort of juxtaposed with this massive nature and the mountain mm. it's like it's things that people don't realize if they don't live in Cape Town is how much nature really does encroach on our city and ourselves and our view constantly. Yeah, totally. Um, absolutely. And your work does seem to always relate to something that is also slightly man-made as well, which is really interesting to look at. Um, Can I comment on that? Um, it's it's interesting as yes, a
2: because because my, um, my excursion up to Johannesburg shifted that entirely. Um, I had, I had to kind of relook at what I was making and why I was making it. And and, that's definitely the man-made jungle there for for sure. Totally. But it's also one of the largest, um, man-made, uh, forests in the world. So there are trees everywhere. Um, and it's incredibly green in the summertime. Um, and, but it doesn't have the mountain and I didn't, and it doesn't have the ocean. And I, and I didn't realize that shift um, psychologically on how, pe- how you live, you know, uh, until I actually experienced yeah. it. Um, and so potentially those those ones based in Maboneng palms in Maboneng and uh, Mabuneng and power kind of show a much more urbanized city space, but still having these little bits mm. of, of plants peeking through and poking through um so so yeah so it was quite interesting coming up here and having to or, or look re-looking at my practice and figuring out how and why i was making these these works um
0: yeah don't know if that makes sense
1: yeah so if if um if i'm coming back to the the works that you do in and in terms of your theme then um, if, in terms of what, what inspires you to make the different works, is it just stuff that you see around, things that you find when you go exploring, things that you see when you go hiking or walking around or walking your dogs perhaps, or is it, is it things that you kind of dream up or conjure up or that stems from this theme that you have?
2: It's always, it's always stuff that like, I see. I've, I've always struggled with, I've always admired artists who can sit down with a piece of paper and then just draw and come up with these, you yeah. know, these things from their heads. I, I always have to have a reference. It's, it's kind of, maybe it's okay. my training as well. My mother's an artist and she, uh, she, she taught me to draw from life and observe things from life. Uh, even better than one can awesome. from a photograph, you know. That everything is so much more real if you're observing it in reality. Photographs tend to flatten yeah, things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I, I have a bit of an obsession with gardening. That's kind of developed as I've been living in Johannesburg with a, a, quite a nice. large garden, yeah. um, and and learning about. Well, again, moving up here, having to sh- shift my my strategy of gardening because now the seasons have swapped, you know, we have wet, hot summers and cold, freezing cold, dry winters and plants can only survive in specific environments. So um, observing that and working with that and then just seeing what grows naturally as well, it's been quite interesting. Um, And maybe that leads on to the the first two that I sent, peonies and still life, Um, those two Mm -hmm two works came about during lockdown because I was stuck at home um, and I couldn't travel to the ci- yeah. through the city um, and, and moving. So yes, I collect my images as I, as I move through the city, observing different areas mm. and, and coming up to Johannesburg, learning a new city. I've, I've maybe been extra observant in a way. Um, but these, yeah. The, yeah. these two works that I sent through, um, I was stuck at home, so I couldn't. Um, <laughs> I couldn't do that traveling. Yeah, you and the
1: rest of the world. Geez,
2: <laughs> I know. It's just, <laughs> just, pretty intense. And I kind of hit a bit of a, a a slump in a way with my with my practice and and making works. Um, and I and I kind of was like, what am I gonna do? So I, I turned to my houseplants, and I started painting. Or working with um, the plants in my home. And, and funnily enough, nice. they end up.
1: Almost like a still life study. Yes, sort of and, thing.
2: and we are still in life. So I was like, I like that little <laughs> irony there. <laughs> a, little, a little pun. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, looking at your works and, and the fact that you work with obviously um, uh, nature and, and scenery and having that that relationship between man made and nature made. Um I I've got a little statement that you've got here um where it, it you state that your that your work focuses on how city dwellers are informed by and in turn inform the urban landscape. I wondered if you could just elaborate on that statement for a moment.
2: Sure. So um I think the the city dwellers being informed by is something a lot conscious and maybe more subconscious and in in the way that we live our lives we drive we live our lives doing the things we do without even noticing a lot of the time the the plants and and um creatures around us um
0: absolutely and but
2: they still inform us in some kinds of way and and i love that weeds do that so um i started doing my my thesis i got quite obsessed with observing um, areas that have been over, overtaken by weeds growing out of the concrete and 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 you know finding oh, wow, a way yeah, to live, um, even though we don't yeah. want them there, you know. And then the, the juxtaposition between these neat and pristine gardens, which are <laughs> very popular in Johannesburg yeah. with their rock gardens and right. you know very chosen plants. Um, but those are still informed by what can survive again in this harsh winter and these this wet um, tropical-like summer, um, subtropical, I guess. Um, so, yeah, yeah. so and and then maybe that goes back a little bit to our fenced or my fenced in and fenced out, where where the plants do end up growing over this fence, and mm. you know you don't really pay it any attention, but they're still there and they're still um, I don't know I've just yeah it's just something
1: yeah they'll still persevere pretty much it's still gonna like we, we're not really going to stop it because it's just so many years of nature yeah. just you know having to survive and having to push through so even though we do in a sense like uh how can i say impose on nature nature will eventually totally. win you know nature it does and, and
2: what I've, I've recently started a series um observing um the fires that burn in the, in the winters in johannesburg and um it's okay. it's a natural occurrence that happens if we weren't here the fires would happen and they just basically wipe out the the dry the brush and all the low-lying bush um and then but with us being here a lot of those are started by people um and maybe yeah. more commonly so maybe not as um more, more frequently but they're probably smaller because they're they tend to be controlled. But what happens immediately after that is, um, the grasses sprout. uh, And and you get this blackened um, brush or or landscapes, and then these sprouts of green peeking through. And and what's interesting about Hmm. that is it's it's a race of survival of the fittest for them. um, They're trying to grow as quickly as possible so that if trees start blooming again, they have already regained their growth and aren't necessarily going to die because the shade of the tree stops their yeah, the sun. Exactly. The
0: sun. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think there's Absolutely. something maybe about cool. that, that links back to how we survive and maybe looking at COVID mm. in that way. I mean, here we go in this, like, <laughs> this Why you know?
1: Yeah. We have to talk about it. We can't, yeah, <laughs> I mean, their, it's, it is the thing they, of the time. You know, you get
2: wiped out and, and hit hard. But, but we bounce back and, and, and we kind of rejuvenate very quickly. And, and although we don't like change as people, humans typically Mm. hate change. Uh, we go, we, we adapt very quickly and possibly even bloom even better than before. So I I quite like that, that idea. And I think that that links into how we are how, yeah, how we relate back to these plants. There's something human in it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's very poignant that you mention it like that because it's it's um, like with, with this whole COVID situation and the way that people are now sort of, you know, you say we hate change and all that, which is completely true, but at the same time, you know, we go through the situation, we grudge about it in the beginning, and then the next thing you know, oh, okay, well now I've got a sweet I've gotta be on my feet because you know, my business is now closed for three months. I need to now do the next thing. How do I yeah, make money? How do I totally. bring something out? Yeah. What do I do? There's there's people that are you know, going to be pretty good at that. There's other people that are suddenly going to you know what, why am I working at nine to five? I've always wanted to do this. Now they mm-hmm. throw all their energy into doing something they actually want to do. Exactly. So there is that kind of positive element that's going to come from this like burnt earth, as you
0: say. Exactly. Cool. I mean, there's a weird thing that I, I had a conversation with people on, on Saturday um, at the, the, the part-time class that I, that, that I go to um, at the college um, at Ruth Price School of Art. I was chatting to some people and it's interesting to see that, yes, there's a whole lot of negativity. Yes, a lot, a lot of people have lost their jobs. But there's this amazing sense that I think also South Africans in particular are really good at is flipping something over into yeah. a positive. And it, it goes with that saying of life will out. So whatever's happening, life will find a way to survive and mm, break through and, yeah. and find a positive way of it. I mean, y- you look at like the weeds that grow through... Um, through the cement in, in, exactly. and, yeah, and, the, and the tar, the city, yeah. and yeah. life will out, life will find a way through. Mm. So it's always, it, it's interesting how everything sort of flips on its head and yes, everything we're going through also is flipping on its head, mm. but the amazing positivity that I've actually seen from people about, well, you know what? This has actually changed my life in a different way. I don't have to go to all these social events. I can now yeah. actually <laughs> spend some time on myself. Yeah, yeah.
1: which is cool. Nice. So,
0: getting back to your mediums, Warren, you've got some things, some questions. Yes, to ask, I first,
1: I first want to know two things. Yes. Firstly, what is a painterly print?
2: Okay, so I've never heard
1: of that.
0: <laughs> so. Uh... I love this because people... Sorry,
1: yeah, I need to know because I know nothing about art. People like,
0: actually think that the podcasts are for everyone else.
1: <laughs> it's it's not. more for me.
0: They're a warrant to figure
2: out what the hell art is. That's amazing. So, so,
1: so what are painterly so prints? I'm going to gonna like
2: back this. it up a little bit and say like, what is printmaking? Because I think uh, printmaking yes, is this mysterious that. medium that um, people often don't know anything about. But actually what it yeah. is and why I like it so much. I'm a bit of a busybody and I do a lot of different things, I can't just do one thing, and I think that's why printmaking suits me so well, is because it's a mixture of all the different mediums. There is sculpture in the matrix that you have to use. If you're doing li- a lino print or, or a copper plate or um, a wood carving, even a silkscreen, it's it's a, a physical medium that you have to you have to manipulate to be able to get the marks into your matrix. Your matrix being the thing that nice, okay. uh, your print will come off of, that you will get your print from.
1: Not the thing where you dodge
2: bullets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no. Back. <laughs> there's, there's
1: okay got you all right <laughs> yeah. okay. okay i'm Thanks. still following i'm still that's following
2: good. that's good so so your matrix uh, it comes from mater being mother and um and it's the okay. mother of all the prints the babies that come off it so so
1: th- oh okay awesome. so there's
2: a sculptural element to that um where you have to physically remove or physically manipulate this um this plate and then um mm-hmm. so so when we say oh yeah so then how does painting link into that um, I think the most specific painterly print is probably a monotype. Mono meaning one, type meaning mark, and so basically it's it's a once-off okay. print that usually occurs when you paint onto a surface, put your paper on top, and use the pressure of the press to facilitate a transfer. So everything comes up in reverse okay. and it flattens your marks. But there are techniques and ways to achieving incredible depth and detail. Um, so I haven't sent you any, um, monotypes. I will do that no. next
0: time. <laughs>
2: okay. um.
1: I've seen Dina send us monotype stuff, so that kind of makes sense now, okay. It's usually
0: quite a flat, smooth surface, if I'm correct, Roxy, that you're painting on to do a monotype. So you would have done something like that, similar um, in primary school, where they give you a piece of an old x-ray that you then paint on and you do a transfer. Uh, There you go. I
1: vaguely remember something like that.
2: Um, But my challenge is, I think I am first and foremost a painter. And um, working with printmaking, which tends to be, as I said, quite sculptural, I've uh, kind of the challenge is to create my prints in a painterly way. Um, And, yeah, so whenever I'm working with a medium, I try to achieve that. Uh, So the palms in Mabuneng, uh, the silk silk screens that I sent you, those have painterly marks. And and typically, silk screen is not painterly. It's typically quite flat. And um, uh, what's the word?
0: Sort of almost yeah. blocks of color. That Quite you graphic. Use instead of it being more, it's it's expressive. usually typically
2: yeah. more graphic. But um, I like to play yeah. with and, and play with the medium to see if I can achieve my painterly the painterliness in in the print. Um, and then a, another okay. way to,
1: and then the oh, sculptural. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, okay. So yeah.
2: and, and another way to add to prints is to hand paint them afterwards and to manipulate them or draw on them so that they have uh, unique marks on them which I quite like there's a okay. there's a there's an idea that prints are typically cheap and uh, not as valuable as as um, yeah. maybe once off works like paintings um, yeah. and, and I think that part of the challenge of being a printmaker and a, and my fellow contemporary printmakers is to actually try and show that these works are not they're not just devalued because it is that word print but um,
0: There's a lot of time
2: and energy and consideration that goes into making them. And just because it's repeated can make it more affordable, but doesn't mean, doesn't have to cheapen it.
0: So, so the danger comes in, I think, when
2: people are digitally printing things and, and people confuse handmade prints with digital prints. Right. Not to say that a digital yeah, that print cannot be isn't maybe labour intensive and and a um, high art, um, but but a lot of people yeah. do
0: confuse those two things. But there is yeah. a
1: difference, yeah, yeah. There's definitely a difference, yeah. Yeah. absolutely.
0: It's it's always interesting to me because I, I find that um, fine art printmaking is something that people don't generally understand and therefore don't value as much as a painting, but they are as special and as unique because. Each print, yes, is a print of your original piece, but each print is different. So you can't always get the exact same um, set of circumstances every single time. Sometimes maybe the plate will shift ever so slightly. Do you then discard that or do you then keep that one in as a slightly different one? I've seen various prints where people have kept that slight mistake in because it makes that piece unique Mm. in a different way. So, so
2: I think a good example of this is the spider plant, um, uh, silkscreen that I sent you. It's a teeny tiny little, uh, print that I did. Um, but it's six layers of silkscreen. So to be able to build up an image to get it, to have that sense of depth,
0: sometimes you need to layer
2: it enough. And I mean, that's not a quick thing either. Uh, each one has, you have to print it, each one on its own. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And line it up every time and make sure that it's over the right spot. And yeah, all that and
2: to, yeah, to respond that's... to what you just said, Inga, about um, the the kind of uniqueness coming into the print, I, I typically try to stay true to the uh, obsessive-compulsive <laughs> printmaker of each one being exactly the same when I'm printing an edition, yeah. but something like Swish, which is probably the, maybe the least fitting in this entire series that I've just sent you in terms of a subject matter. But it's hand painting. The blue in the background is definitely not the same on each one. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Okay. And so I've labeled it a variable <laughs> addition because each one varies.
1: Nice. That's cool. Well, that was, I mean, yeah, that kind of answers my question. That's pretty cool. So the, the only that one then is the painterly, but then the sculptural, how would, would the sculptural element then be, as you mentioned, actually the, the part of doing the sculpture into this mother yeah. print, into the, the exactly. Yeah, the carving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Screen. So okay, that's cool. Okay. So I get that's
2: uh, So awesome. doing a liner, you know, it's not quick. You can either be slow and careful in how you approach it or you can be quite rough and aggressive and you know gestural in how you do it and those marks will all show um so there's definitely some maybe maybe it's a much more on a minute level that sculptural element it doesn't have to be an etching is typical of that you know your copper plate is not usually huge and the detail that goes into that is definitely on a micro level it's not like a big sculpture but it's and Definitely I think with stopped.
1: the liner, you kind of have to do the reverse, is what you're actually sculpting.
2: Yeah, yeah. As it's such. in relief, so you're taking away yeah, to. Cool. to re-
1: relief, that's it. You oh, see, you I learn.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> it's also the understanding of the three dimensional form and how to create the lines, mm. again, in the reverse, in the relief yeah, um, side of cool. things, so that you get the required effect totally. from yeah. the actual print.
1: So now that we're talking about the medium, so we know now that you're into painting, as you mentioned, your first love is painting, but very much into your printmaking. Mm -hmm. How are you tying your concept into these mediums? How are you using these mediums to portray your message? Because I imagine that they would kind of be able to do it in a different way. Like painting might not, be able to portray the message the same way as your printmaking would.
2: Yeah. So in my paintings, I tend to uh, sticking with my theme of of urban and and nature. Um, yeah. I've I've started during my um, my master's time. Um, I started using cement. So I, and I continue that today to to prime my surface with a, a cement and a acrylic mix. And
1: that's oh, wow. pretty cool. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. I mean that completely brings the whole thing full circle. That's yeah. also unusual.
2: Um. And and it, it it builds up that impasto surface, and then and then I I work paint into it. The the silk screen fenced in and out has a thin layer of cement in the background just to bring that urban back. Um, but I think I. Um, the medium I use tends to go with kind of the mood that I'm in. Um, sometimes I go through okay. painting phases, and I do a series of paintings, and, and I have set up a silkscreen studio at my home. I've got a, a garage. I'm very lucky
0: to nice, have – Nice. That's a, cool. A full yeah, setup
2: nice. so I can coat and expose screens and, and edition works here. So I got quite into that during my, my thesis time as well and, and have developed that over the past two years. So I went through a phase of making silk screens and I kind of still am in that.
0: Nice. Um,
2: and before that, when I was in Cape Town, I was making a lot of monotypes. So I think it and etching. So I think it kind of it goes as I'm exploring. Uh, and then recently with mm. with lockdown kind of Stagnating my practice in a way, um, I turned. I needed to do something new, and I turned to linos. So I'm currently doing a couple of linos, um, but mm. yeah, just because I needed to shift that a little bit and, and see how yeah, yeah how that can change. But the the subject matter still seems to stay the same. <laughs> and
0: Roxy, how does color influence your your work, or how does your work influence the colors that you're using?
2: It's a good question. <laughs> I still can't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sit back and see what yeah.
2: happens. <laughs> I love color. Um, I love monochrome color, and I love blue. As you can see from this.
1: Yeah. Series you can that I've said. That, yes, <laughs> I can think you've gathered that.
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, to be honest, worked out exactly what it is with blue. Um. I don't know what it is and why yeah, it is, but there's, but something, there's something there, sure. there yeah, and, no, and no, I, yeah. I'm gonna figure it out one day. <laughs> but I can't, <laughs> I can't get away from it. Everything I, do, the walls in my house are blue, you know.
1: <laughs> oh wow! Okay, <laughs> nice. you really do like it.
0: So, so, so we'll put a pen in that question and come back to it another another time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you guys we'll can
2: figure it out, you one. let me know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I just find it so interesting because you're working with nature and nature in a um, in an urban landscape you're not using traditional colours of green you're not using and I mean green is made up of blue and, and yellow. yellow so it, it's interesting to me that you, you've you gone with sort of blue tones and, and um, grey
1: tones yeah
0: blue tones and grey tones mm. quite quite a bit but it's not traditional landscape colours which is just so refreshing
2: yeah, I think, I think it maybe is trying to translate and move away from something that you've seen before in terms of this is yeah. just a landscape or this is just a depiction of plants. Just to shift that a little bit and try and shift your, the viewers' um, focus on what they're looking at um, in, mm. instead of just seeing something and going, okay, okay, I've seen a pot of flowers before, looking at delicious monsters and going, why are they blue they're actually quite beautiful in blue. Maybe it has something to, <laughs> yeah. to do with um, sadness or um, lamenting. I don't know. I'm not sure. They, they're, yeah. they're, it's never, yeah, it's never, I don't know. If I, if I made things more colorful, I guess. It just turns appear, out that
1: way, yeah. They
2: appear more happy, I guess. But they, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, there's true. a little
2: bit of a, a seriousness about them when they're in one color, I think
1: yeah mm. true you actually have to consider it a bit more because you kind of got to see what you're looking at you know but if you if everything's in color it kind of just tells you what it is but maybe in the one I mean I'm speaking like complete layman no, but if sorry. I had to look at something that was just sort of one color I would kind of look at it and go hmm what am i seeing here why is everything sort of the same color it would kind of draw me in a bit more to kind of see what is in that picture because if everything is sort of on the same level you know what I mean like yeah, everything was same like a, color yeah like yeah. a same palette or whatever you want to call it I'm trying to sound Cal- fancy so. Color plane.
2: Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so, what I have done uh, in like peonies is, and I've started doing it more recently, um, I think in like Kloof Corner and the, the, the Mabuneng silk screens, they, they're pretty monochromatic. Yeah. But I've started adding these little splashes yeah. of color with um, brighter um, chalk pastels, which I've quite yeah. enjoyed. Yeah. So, in peonies, you've got green, okay. and uh, <laughs> uh, it's never quite. <laughs> <laughs> like bright color, but <laughs> I started using a bit of red and ochres. They're coming. <laughs> oh, good. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen one or two on your social media where you've started using a little bit of red. Yeah. Thank you. Like there we go. Out, like, yeah, yeah.
1: That's cool. So, um, for your painting, like, wh- how would you describe your your style or your technique or whatever you want to call it? Like, how would you describe your your painting style? I
2: think it's uh, gestural and. Um, Maybe, um, yeah, I don't know. I think...
1: Is it is it the way it's always been for you, in that sense? Or is it something that you've kind of picked up? Like, what I'm trying to get at is between the, the painting yeah. and the printmaking... Do you feel that you use what you've learned in painting to inf- to sort of you know see how you approach the printmaking, or maybe the other way around? Maybe you were painting differently before you went through all this printmaking stuff, and then you went back and you sort of changed what you were doing. You yeah, know what I think you know what I mean? uh, yeah,
2: I think you're right there. They definitely inform each other. There's never one that uh, that uh, that mm. doesn't inform the other. And and as I said, I bounce yeah. between the mediums. So I think. As I go through one, it does something, and then and then the other, it leads into something else. Um, what exactly it is, I'm just looking at my social media to see if I can... <laughs> scrolling, just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. To see if I can pick something up. I, I'm not exactly sure what that would be. Uh, you know, the, the tricky thing about um, the the printmaking is that if you want something to to seem uh, like it has a sense of depth, you have to achieve layers. Um and and that okay. painterly painting you it's it's immediate so you can just lay down your colors yeah. or immediately reduce something work reductively but with with printmaking there's got to be a, a a sense of planning as well um and and mm-hmm. i think so tapping into how i paint um to inform how i then lay my colors down there's definitely an influence and then that will definitely influence or inform how I then go back to my painting. So, yeah, you're right. Thank you. you made me think about something. Yeah, that's a great question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Also, just just to give you a note on on the layering for for people who are listening. So, with screen printing, um, and Roxy, just correct me if, if my memory is failing me, but each layer of color that you're doing is a different screen. So, each time you want to do a different layer of color or patterning on that piece, you've got to create a whole screen that is that patterning, that's or exactly. that colour yeah. that you're going to look okay. at. So what I was I saying about yeah, line the spider
2: plant, there are yeah. six layers, each layer is a different colour, uh, including white, so was like a slightly pinky white yeah. that then does something else. And mm. you know, some are translucent, some are opaque. Um, so exactly okay. as you say, Inga, they they do
0: that. So then with your works, do you prefer a particular size of work? Do you have yeah, a Yeah, that's a good question.
2: Um, I, I do have a particular preference. I, I think I prefer to work small. Um, and, and I think that may have been influenced by uh, the space that I've worked in in the past, and um, uh, just being a small yeah. studio space, uh, something manageable, uh, one can do at home. Um, and, and then also, yeah, I, I do like to work big, but they, they, it, it's, it's always a bit more challenging. So um, yeah, this, this um, this one that I sent fenced in and fenced out being one of four images. If you put them together, it becomes a much, that, that is, I think a three size roughly, or a two, I think it's a two. So if you put them together, it becomes Mm -hmm. quite a large work and, and that's quite big for, for what I usually do. Um, I'm just looking around my studio and yeah, things tend to be roughly that size, um, well.
0: Okay. I think that's also quite a nice way for, for artists to be able to also achieve a larger work without – because, I mean, also with printmaking, um, y- you don't always have access to, to a, a large print facility, um, yeah. printing press that can take a full sheet of Fabriano. So it, it's nice to to have smaller works and ma- then, then make up a larger totally. work. Totally. It creates, yeah, a different dynamic. Cause then you're also expanding on while you're working with a frame of a large work. So how does this work with the next one? Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's cool. Um, in terms of, of this concept, like how far do you think you're still going to run with it? Because I imagine it's not, it's not really going to be an ending concept or anytime soon, because we're, we're not going to get any less, you know, we're not going to encroach any less on, like, where, where do you think your message is going, or or what is the, like, what is the end goal of what you're trying to, to talk about in your art?
2: Yeah, I think, um, I think it will grow as, as my research and and experience, um, expands within nature and and living i think as long as i live i will always be working with plants and and living in the city so i think yeah. i'll always be observing new things um i hadn't like i was talking about that fire series earlier yes. i haven't yes. i mean i hadn't noticed that before and we have mm. fires in cape town as well but they're very different yeah. um yeah, yeah. They are. and and it it wasn't it wasn't something that caught my attention then, and and I decided to look more into it. But here it's 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 the, the shift maybe has. Has made me look into that, um, so I think I will. I mean, you never know everything about the world, so I think yeah, I'll always enough. be learning and and figuring new things out, which is which is quite exciting. There's lots of subject yeah, matter out there. Yeah, that's a great approach there. to have.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. I think once you once you're bored, I think yeah, you, you've got big problems. Lots i
0: problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you just change a colour and you'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, <laughs> I think I'll try. Plan that. B. <laughs> Plan B. <laughs> Um,
1: and then I, I know that you're also working with David Critton. You mentioned that you were like a project manager for them. So, in working for them, it's not only for your own works, right? You're also managing other projects and other exhibitions and stuff like that.
2: Yeah. So, um, I think my role is quite hard to define it because, again, I do, uh, many different things, but, um, maybe project manager is the best way to describe it. But I help. Um, yeah, so we, it's a publishing studio, which means artists are invited in and we work with them to, to create their works on a printmaking medium, Mm -hmm. um, and, and the team that's there along with the, the gallerists and the bookstore, um, all work together to, to help, um, you know grow this this medium yes. that um this this artist has come in to work with um so it's it's very exciting always there's always lots of working working in this kind of production and sales environment it's yes, yes. Is, is always quite exciting because you, you're you always doing something new working with a different person mm. um and and yeah it's that's yeah it.
1: that that kind of segues brilliantly into what i'm actually trying to ask is would you, would you be able to just work by yourself in your garage or do you kind of like being exposed to all these new sort of, if I can use the word, up-and-coming artists or at least the artists coming through your, you know, coming across your desk? Does that like help you see new things or maybe even help you, uh, I mean, you, you were saying that you were uh, studying and, and your thesis, or well, not your thesis, but what you studied was other mm. guys in South Africa coming up with anything new, anything exciting, are they doing something that's interesting? Like are you are you picking that up? Are you seeing that coming through through um David Critt's side?
2: Yeah, so I um way to start. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Warren likes to double.
1: Yeah, sorry, I've got I've always got weird questions. I'm sorry. Okay,
2: cool. Okay, I'll try it. I'll try and pick up what you're asking me. Um I think can I work just in my studio on my own? I think I have days when I can. And days when I want to just be an artist or moments when I want to just be an artist. But then um, the other part of me absolutely loves collaborating and working with people and and helping them achieve and better their own work as well. I also do teaching at UJ. I started um, doing some part-time last year. And I've I've just done um, four courses for the first years this year. Awesome. Um, and so so that maybe fulfills that role as well in that way. Um, working with these young minds to to help them achieve and learn. I love that. And yeah. there's a lot of that when you're working with artists in the studio. Because mm.
1: um, that's, how, that's how I find I would learn as well. It's because you, you maybe have a preconceived notion of something or some habit that you've picked up. But then if you see someone approach something slightly differently, it might teach you something, you know?
2: Totally. That's exactly it. You've hit the nail on the head. It's, it's yeah. all about that that. And that's what I love. I think I, I, I love, I love working with other people, including my colleagues who are always mm. who are other printmakers, and um, maybe archivists, or uh, writers, or, or gallerists, um, approaching different projects from different angles, and figuring it out is, is always exciting. And what I appreciate with, um, working in that kind of environment as well is also the sales aspect, um, oh, yes. you know, to be, to be an artist, to just make work and expect it to be sold is, yeah. is very difficult to us. Yeah. It. It's, it's kind of ignorant in a way. You,
0: yeah.
2: and, and I've had the opportunity to learn a lot about the market and, and, um, exhibitions and, um, projects mm. in, in that sense. Yeah. Um, working at Warren Editions and David Critt as well.
0: So yeah, that's brilliant. It's,
2: it's 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 all learning every day, you know. Um, yeah, is, I, I, I think well, it's, it's cool.
1: so important because, you know, it, it's not like the rock star days of past where you could just be a rock star. There's so many people trying to be rock stars now that you actually have to have a business behind it. And I think sometimes people miss that. You know, it's the same with art. You, you can definitely be a great artist, but... In this day and age, you need to be understanding and you need to be mindful of the business side of your, of your art as well, because you have to be, you have to be your, your own, you know, marketer, you have to be your own salesperson, you have to be your own accountant. Yeah, exactly. But so, also
2: what's cool about it is, is, um, working or, or you know, dividing and conquering. Some yeah. people are way better at it than other Absolutely, people. That's yeah. how, why we have people like you,
0: yeah? Absolutely, you yes. guys are,
2: <laughs> you know, you amazing at running this platform and, and it provides a, an opportunity for us artists to be able to be seen and heard. Um, yeah, definitely. And, and I think. Fig- figuring out how we work together is is how we make the world you know keep yeah, turning so definitely. so that's also cool but having a good understanding of that is is always very helpful yeah yeah
0: definitely and where do you see printmaking in south africa going in the in in the in the near future I don't know.
2: So it was quite an interesting study. I, I came up from uh, referring to my master's thesis. I, I came up from yeah. Cape Town, where there are a lot of the, the University of um, of Cape Town. UCT's Michaela School of Fine Art has a very strong printmaking department. Yeah. Um, and Warren Editions at that time that I was working there was the only uh, publishing studio in, in the city. Okay. Um, but there were, I mean, there are a lot of small private spaces where people are making prints. But um, Maybe it was my ignorance of being younger, then Um, I wasn't completely fully aware of all of these spaces. And so Mm. when I came up to Johannesburg, um, I was hit by this kind of excitement and this, um, this vibe around printmaking, there was just so many other printmakers up here. So David is obviously quite a large company. But then you also have the artist proof studio, which is Mm. along with being a gallery spaces or Selling work also has, um, you know, a school uh, and an education facility, oh, wow. okay. and then Fitz and UJ and the, there's a there's a culture of printmaking up here Nuts. that is yeah, that's that's cool. very different to Cape yeah. Town, and I yeah, kind of got caught up by, up by that. Also, yeah. Yeah, the print, the print yeah, the printing girl.
0: That's the printing girl Sorry. So I
2: joined them also recently in their last oh, awesome. intake of people so that was that's been quite fun and nice. and then yeah so they've got a whatsapp group with all the the members and you know i think they have about, about 30 of us
0: mm, awesome. all
2: girls who love printmaking Yay. and it's like that's what amazing. this <laughs> is so cool um and it does traverse cape town and johannesburg so it's not just Joburg. Okay. um but but it's quite exciting and so then looking at that this this excitement and culture around print up here i was i was wondering if there's a being there's a bit of a change in the way that we are that the youth are maybe approaching things Mm. and to be honest (laughs) i don't think there is (laughs) yet (laughs) um and that's okay i think i mean you've probably
1: found the best way already you know i mean it's been it's not something that started 10 years ago you know so it's a tried yeah, and, and true and it, method it's, that it's, you guys are using
2: yeah. it's exactly it's very hard to change things that work really well yeah um so so there are definitely a lot of other studios coming up danger Haffa and gauzy studio i work with two of the 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 founders at david mm. crit they they broke off and they've made their own little workshop while still working at david crit there okay. were some of the guys that i did a case study on um but they're and although they're they're, they're, they're their way of working is possibly more collaborative and, and um, fluid, I would mm. say um, they still have to follow a certain structure to be able to make money, to be able to keep the yes, place going. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's, it's quite hard to shift something that works, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, does that answer your question?
0: It does. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's it, cool. it, it's quite an interesting thing. Cause I, I, I come from, so I did print making it at university and I, I worked um, for a while at, at a, um, an art gallery that specialized at prints here in Cape town. And it was just such an interesting concept to me that people, where it's going in South Africa and that you have this, this massive and and very ancient way of, of art and, and, and creating artworks, but people don't understand it. And Mm. they think of just the traditional art painting, sculpture drawing, whereas this is just, it's such a different art form that is so special in its own right. That it was always, it, it, I, I really, I was looking forward to this chat because I'm like, I want to see where, we're printing is going because it's going to be amazing. But it's really hard to, to,
2: um, publish, which means yeah. to put up the funds, uh, for the prints and then mm. also facilitate the sales yeah. for prints cetera, yeah. and true, yeah. to try and educate people who aren't aware of it to make them want to buy it over a painting, which yeah. because there's only one, you, you, you know, you immediately assume that it's more valuable. Yeah, so, exactly. so I think in terms of South Africa, yeah, and, and as you said, the tradition, uh, or the history of, of printmaking is, is so rich in our country, um, mm. with, uh, with protest art and posters and, and, um, um, I cuts being such yeah. a integral part of our history of art yeah. in South Africa. It's bizarre that we don't have a better understanding of it. Um, yeah, so, exactly. it's true. I mean, I remember.
1: I remember no. one day going to the museum, the art museum here in Cape Town, and just seeing. I, I the name escapes me you of know, who, who the person was, but also it was from a, quite a long time ago, South African printmaker who just you know started the whole process of just etching a little piece into a block of wood and then pressing it onto a piece of paper it was
0: probably john muffin it
1: it could have been i'm sorry if <laughs> i'm offending anyone nice. but yeah i didn't know at that point what it was but until i could see because they sort of laid out the process of here's the little block that was used and here's the little thing the tool yeah. to chisel you know like then i was like oh wow okay that's pretty cool and yeah, you, know, you kind of understand more of the process then
2: Totally, uh, yeah. which which is strange because you know we're surrounded
0: by printed things,
2: yeah.
0: All the That's time. What I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of effort and a lot of actual like finances that go into mm-hmm. this. So it's it's not just being able to create the image. It's it's now going okay. If you're going to do screen printing, you need so many screens set up. You need to yeah. have all of those screens. Totally. Not if to mention do,
1: having exactly if you're doing etching or liner cut, yeah.
0: you need a printing press which means that you need access to that massive hydraulic press or hand press, Mm -hmm. which is huge, and it's a very expensive piece of equipment. Yeah, absolutely. And then you've got all the test prints to get the process right so that when you print on the actual Fabriano, which is hells expensive, um, (laughs) that you're not going to mess it up and waste more money. So it's something that... I feel people just don't understand handmade printing is yeah. such an amazing thing. So what's process. been
2: quite interesting with my first years is um teaching them printmaking yeah. has been a bit of a challenge with everyone being in lockdown. You don't yeah. have access yeah. to prints.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh and something David we did at David Crit during lockdown was, was do a little series of um on our on our social media of of printing at home activities. Okay. Nice. Um yeah easy basic, how you can use stencils or all sorts of different things to just actually print at home. And so I've, uh, I've been teaching the first years to do hand printed lino cuts, which in some ways is actually quite cool because during your first year of art school, you would have used a press to do this. You wouldn't have had to do it at home, but now they go away with the skill of being able to grab a piece of lino and their carving tools and actually use a wooden spoon to print their print at home.
0: Yeah. Um, With a wooden spoon? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, there's a Cape Town artist that because he doesn't have access to any kind of press, um, and his name name escapes me right now, which is very embarrassing, but um, he he prints all of his prints with spoon. How would you print it with a wooden spoon? You rub it. You rub the back of the so you yeah. once so you've you've put it, you put ink
2: onto your onto your onto your liner and then you that's been carved and you put your piece of paper on top of it face down on the table and then you take a spoon and you rub the back yeah and you that a pressure applies well the spoon applies enough pressure to facilitate the ink transferring or
0: squashing into your paper. Okay, yeah,
1: that's pretty cool. Isn't
0: that cool, yeah.
1: That's pretty cool. Jeez.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's quite a fun little. Fun little thing, I, I know there's um, the artist Carmen Ford for ages, and I think she still does, uses a pasta press. Oh, yes. I remember
1: there she you mentioned go, that. Yeah. 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 I remember she mentioned that. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I mean, I think what you guys are doing and how you're creating stuff, I say this also probably in every episode. It's just fantastic. <laughs> and I am truly envious that you guys can do this. I think it's it's really, really cool. I honestly, well, I said it's nice that it's we
2: have people enjoying it. That's the most yeah, important that's thing.
1: That's really cool.
0: And I think Roxy, we're going to definitely have to have you back for a full print printmaking absolutely discussion. Ah, that would yeah. be cool.
1: It would be nice to maybe get you and Dean on on the same episode because he's oh, got be he's got some really cool stuff with printing and yeah, he and does lots of sound projects it. and stuff. In the hard grounds yeah. and soft grounds and I can learn so. more stuff.
2: Yes. <laughs> oh, awesome! That sounds great. I'd
0: love to. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Michael learns to what It's... Warren Michael, learns to art. Yeah. Also. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All
1: right, Roxy, I think it's been a, a wonderful chat and very informative, at least for me, um, and a, as I'm sure for many other people. Yeah. Um, I, I think your concept, your work, we're really excited about this new stuff. Mm-hmm. I think the new work will probably already be on by the time this, this podcast goes it live. It
0: definitely will. Yeah. Everything has been photographed. They're just sitting on my laptop to do and edits to make sure yeah. that they are.
1: So to all our listeners, please go check oh, so out Roxy's work. Uh, it's, it's available from unsungart.co.za under the artist profiles. You can just look for Roxy Kashmarak and you'll find, oh, did I get that right again? Kashmari? It doesn't matter,
2: don't worry. <laughs> uh, you'll, find,
1: you'll find all the work there, all the new work will be uploaded as well. So we've got still um, a handful of paintings, about four of your of your paintings left there, the small little ones and one of the framed ones. Cool. And then, yeah, all these new silk screens and, and these new prints and etchings and stuff will be up um, for the podcast. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts, and we also Anywhere upload them on the website. The yeah, to so subscribe, please. Nice. Yeah, oh. Roxy, it's been amazing. We thank you very much. It's been a great chat. And awesome, thanks, yeah, guys. That was really, really fun. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, but cool. we'll definitely have you back. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> cool. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon.
2: Thanks. All right. Cheers. <laughs>